Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Teeing It Up. Uh, we're back with another episode for you. I, I feel like I'm repeating myself. Uh, anyways, it's a great Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday evening. Uh, how's it going to the V part, Vladdy? Uh, it's pretty good. Um, had a had a decent day at work. Um, I know some people kind of don't like that Tuesday after Labor Day because it's like a drag, but. I didn't really do anything special yesterday, so I was kind of ready for the day. I mean, I've got, I've got a three-day work week, no no work Friday, so I'm just kind of excited to trudge, trudge along and hopefully finish this week. But had a good time last uh, this past weekend. Was in Chicago visiting some friends, celebrating my birthday. Um, great time there. Um, except oh, except for the part where my uh, my my dumbass decided to tip an extra ninety dollars after already having a tip included into a bill. So. For mathematical purposes, I tipped one hundred and sixty dollars on a three hundred and forty dollar bill. God, yeah. Was a why great did you time. have a hundred? Why did you have a three hundred and forty dollar bill in the first place? Because in Chicago, they throw everything onto one card. They don't. They don't just let like, oh. everyone do their own stuff. And so I figured, all right, whatever. I saw the number at the bottom. I figured, all right, I'll take the bill with me, and we'll figure out the Venmos the next day. And then I looked at it the next day, and I was like, wait a minute, they already included a $60 tip, and I tipped off of the number after that. Oh, so, that's the worst when you don't yeah. see that. Yeah, well, you win some, you lose some. I had a great time, so that's. I guess that's why we go to work in the morning, right? Right. Good to hear. Good to yeah. hear. So let's get into some sports. Um I guess quick basketball note, just because I mean, obviously it's more of a it was more of a football weekend, but I think since we last spoke, Donovan Mitchell he got traded to the uh, Cavaliers for I think it was three first round picks, twenty five, twenty seven, and twenty nine, and then two swaps in the years between that. Um, and then I think the players involved also were I think it was Darius Garland, Laurie Markinen, and oh, Ogbaji, their first round pick this year. Um, I guess thoughts on that trade? Uh, a bit of a shocker. To me, in the Cavaliers, I mean, I guess they have somewhat of a core now with Sexton and Mitchell to have something at it, but you're really not a, too relevant of a team to be doing that, in my opinion. I mean, like I always say with the NBA is you do need superstars to win, and they went and got their superstar. Um, on the other hand, it doesn't it, – this offseason didn't make a lot – I know they hated each other, Don, as in Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, but, like, it doesn't make sense as a playoff team to get rid of your two best players, um, to me, at least. So I think um, isn't isn't Danny Ainge the new GM of the Jazz? I believe so. Yeah, so I think maybe he's going back to his Boston days. He wants all the picks and he wants to kind of mold the team himself. Um, but yeah, no, you're right that you're a playoff team. You have two good players. Um, one of the, probably the best defenders in the league. And then a kind of like a younger guy who I think at this point, I can't really, can't, can't really keep saying up and coming because he's been in the league, couple, I think three, four, maybe three or four years now. So you kind of know what he is, but I think Donovan Mitchell's a good piece. He is kind of, I think he's more of that B player to like ease your Robin to someone else's Batman on a mm-hmm. winning team. And like you mentioned, the Cavaliers don't really have that. I mean, you, they do have a core. I mean, you have, you have rookie Evan Mobley, who played well last year. You have Jared Allen, who signed long-term. Sexton's good. So, I mean, there are some key players there, but like you said, I don't think it really pushes them past some of the other teams that have bona fide top 10 players in the league, like, let's say, Philadelphia, Boston, Brooklyn, maybe Miami on the off chance they stay together or wherever they're up to. So, I think I'm seeing some people like, oh, is Cleveland's top three team in the East now? I mean, I don't know if they're a top five team in the East now. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'd agree. They're, yeah. they're somewhere in that seven to 10 range again, I think, even with Mitchell. Uh, so I, I mean, we're going to get into some more important stuff in the for the time of the year that we're at. Um, but yeah, to start the show on a question mark like that, uh, hopefully you're confused listening because we are too. And again, I, I wouldn't necessarily say seven through ten. I think they they, they do kind of lock themselves up as a playoff team. I just don't think they they kind of strike me as one of those like Atlanta Hawks teams of the mid two thousand tens that tried really hard during mm-hmm. the year, but there just there was no talent. And then when LeBron came to town, you got swept. Right. That, that's what that's what I think Cleveland's kind of sitting at right now. But yeah, like you said, we have more important things to do. Let's let's, let's cover some football. Let's let's start with kind of the recap of the true week one of college football. I take it away. Yeah, um, I figured we could start with uh, the relevant teams to us and then kind of work our way into some interesting games we thought found. Uh, so MSU won Friday night, 35-13 to 13 over Western. Uh, game that ended up being probably a little closer than people imagined. It was definitely a little closer than the scoreboard set, I think. Yep. Uh, a couple of late touchdowns. I know Peyton Thorne had the – the deep ball on the first play of that last drive to make it 35-13. I had the minus 20, so it was a huge plug, um, huge late plug. But I don't know. The defense looked fine. It looked improved against the bad team. The offense struggled in the first half and then had some big plays going. Uh, you lose your two be- two, no, your two best – two of your better defensive players for the I long mean- term – uh, it's an interesting outlook. I don't know what you have to say on Michigan State. After I mean, I would, I wouldn't necessarily be. I, I'm kind of comfortable saying. I mean, Snow and Xavier Henderson. Snow's done for the year. They said, and uh, Henderson's an indefinite timetable, so he's probably missing the first. He's probably gone till at least October, if not mm-hmm. longer. In you never know. So yeah, that's that's kind of tough. It's like I feel like I feel like every year there's a certain part of Michigan State football that kind of gets the injury bug. A couple of years ago was the offensive line where I think we had like 13 different starting rotations in 12 different games. You know, that's not mathematically possible, but they still found a way to do it. Um, you had so I think you had some defensive issues in the past with corners. I mean, it just is what it is. This is one of those where you, you hope to have that kind of strength in numbers now that you've had an, a couple or another year of your coach actually being there and him having his players in there as opposed to just demoting D'Antonio's old guys to the bench. So hopefully there are guys behind Henderson and uh, Snow that we can count on and can kind of keep us plugging away and hopefully can get us 5-0 and into the Ohio State game so we can kind of set up a nice little uh, a big day in East Lansing uh, in October. Yeah, uh, I don't know. A nothing burger. I mean, it was a little closer than we thought, and then they ended up being fine. So I don't yeah. really think, aside from the injuries, it's no huge cause for concern moving forward. Obviously, they play Akron next week. Hopefully, there won't be any question marks there either. Yeah. Um, moving on, Michigan State, big win, 51-7 to was the final of that one. I actually, uh, they played one of the, like, that team looked like a high school team, but at the same time, uh, I'm going to give Michigan a compliment, and they look very good. <laughs> no, that's something where, like, I've not really even joked about it. Like, I've always kind of complained with my friends. is like, you can make fun of teams for having a bad schedule all they want, but, like, at least they at least they blow them out. Like, Michigan State, like, let's go, let's go, let's go back to our team. We don't blow anyone out, whether it be basketball or football. We play to the level of our competition, and we just sit there and let teams hang around. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you can say, oh, Colorado State sucks. Guess what? was 50 to nothing in the first five minutes game was over 
Yeah. I mean, you I mean K didn't look too good, and it looks like JJ no. might be the start starter going forward. I mean, good for them. Uh, at least you found your guy. We'll see what happens. Um, but they did what they had to do. It's and that's something that. As a Spartan fan, I always get annoyed because, like you just said, like yesterday, we're sitting there in a one-possession game with Western Michigan in the fourth quarter. Come on, right? Season opener night game, and you're playing a one-possession game. You gotta be better than that. You want to sit there and pay your coach ten million dollars a year and put the chip on your shoulder, saying, "Oh, we should be higher than 15th. Then you gotta blow out the teams that don't play real football, right? Yeah, uh, not much to say there. Moving on to the other, probably the biggest game of the weekend, Ohio State beat Notre Dame 21-10. to 10. You know, not the game everyone thought they that Ohio State was going to have. Uh, a moral victory, many say, for Notre Dame. I think it's the kind of game that Ohio State needed. Um, yep. You know, the past few years, they haven't been the true title contender because of the defense. Um, and not being able to win those kind of grimy games that they've been able to win shootouts, they've been able to play offense. Uh, on a day where your offense wasn't clicking, Smith and Jigbo was hurt for a lot of the game. Um, you were still able to put points on the board late in the game, and your defense, you know, was able to play a good game against, you know, a good team. I think Notre Dame is definitely going to be a defensive – looked at as a defensive team this year. I don't think that young quarterback is – really fooling anyone up there. Yeah. Uh, but it, it looked like a it's a win we haven't seen Ohio State have. Uh, and I think there it is truly something to build off of, I think, for them. Uh, I, I, I completely agree. It's something I've said well, in, the, in the past when we previewed it. The, the team's going to go as far as the defense wants them to. And when you hold Notre Dame, I think it was 70 yards total and zero points in the second half. That's something you can truly build off of. It wasn't one of those kind of – feather in your cap it's not like you went out there and they didn't even like put up a fight like you got punched in the mouth you fought back so goes again good game um i don't really have much i'll say the one game i did want to or one of the games that i did want to talk about in uh in the big 10 was a game that probably set football back like 150 Ugh. years iowa yeah. and south dakota yeah. state that game was, I think it was three to three, and then South Dakota State can't move the ball. Iowa can't move the ball because Petrus is a dud. And then they get a safety, and it's five to three. And then they can't move the ball, and they can't move the ball. And there's another safety, and it's seven to three, and it looks like a regular score game, which was really unfortunate because I was I was hoping that game would end five to three so badly. Just that was that's just a, that's so pathetic like that. That that sets that sets the sport back. You know, that's why people like to harp on Big Ten football, because you run out there with your eye formation, you can't pass the ball. Yeah, in Big Ten, now but that's just Iowa football. That's uh, true. you got a coach that's been there forever and his son is the uh, OC. Uh I I heard on a podcast I was listening to how they're really not happy with that situation there. And you shouldn't be. Uh, <laughs> you didn't score a touchdown. School. I they also said that that the Iowa quarterback's QBR was 1.5. It's the lowest ever recorded in the QBR era of college football. How how is that possible? How is a 1.5 possible? I don't even know. I don't. I don't even know what a stat line was. But I think there was a couple picks, and it was. And there's another stat where. Um, since I, I want to say the last or ever, ever, mm -hmm. a team that has punted eight or more times in a game, um, Iowa has won eight times with those eight punts, and no one else. Uh, the rest that. of the country has won four times doing that. Yeah, I mean, again, that's Iowa football, but 
Um, to move on to some kind of more exciting, probably the most exciting game of the the weekend was a little Sunday night action, LSU, Florida State. That was one of the, that, that was just one of those games where you felt like it was being like, not want to say manipulated, but it was kind of like a screenplay. Like you're, you're watching a movie. It's just, how can we throw a stupid turnover after a stupid turnover after a muffed punt after a weird clock after a blocked extra point? Like the excitement was great, and it it was it was a lot of fun to watch. It was just it was just kind of like a very it was just a very it almost seemed scripted to me. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's, what seems scripted is that LSU is probably going to buy Ryan Kelly out of their contract after that. I mean, that's just not. You had two botched punts. You obviously had the fiasco at the end of the game with the extra point. I mean, that's just a sloppy loss as a coach. Uh, I, I mean, Grant, I don't – like, you can want to have LSU's head for losing that, and you should. It, realistically, those are probably two seven and 7-5 teams, maybe eight and four in the ACC because the ACC's is buns. Um, but, yeah, what a storybook ending and – what a mind trap if you're an LSU fan, huh? Oh, I would say one thing. I was looking at LSU's schedule. There's no guarantee they get to bowl eligible, considering they just lost this game. Because this was supposed to be one of their, I don't want to say cupcakes, because Florida State is still like a, is still a real team with a pulse. But like this was supposed to be one of their easier games, not some division game against a rival. I think they have. I mean, I think they have Florida in one of their crossover games, so it's not like in Vanderbilt or something like that. So. Yeah, th- this was one of those games where I think LSU kind of had to win, and you might be looking at a very, very ugly first season kind of stat line for Brian Kelly, and th- I think the the boosters will be angry quickly. Yeah, and they're not they're not uh, those boosters are not uh, apt to sit on a coach for too long. <laughs> oh, no, they are not. That. They will they will buy you out tomorrow, and they will they'll they'll, they'll hire Marcus Freeman. Yeah, so another game that you got into was Florida. That was also a great one. Yep. Uh, they had the big, possibly one of the bigger, probably the biggest upset, I would say. Yep. Uh, of the weekend. They uh, That Richardson cat is a legit, legit the next Johnny Manziel. That kid can do some special stuff. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Utah was one of my playoff teams. You heard a couple weeks ago, I thought they – Again, I thought year one of uh, Napier there would would have taken them a little bit longer to get going, and it's not like they even, they they played they played a good game, but it's not like yeah. they were kind of a lights out like past Urban Meyer Florida team where they're gonna curb stomp you. But they did enough to win. They fed off the crowd, and Utah is now in a position where if they do want to make the playoff, you have to win what is it twelve straight games? Yep. I mean, good yep. luck with that. Uh, please prove me right. I don't want to be proven wrong, or not. I don't know if that's called proven wrong, but like. That's just don't make me look like a fool. So come on, uh, Kyle Whittingham, uh, get your team together and start winning some games. But yeah, they I th- didn't Florida rise to number twelve in the AP poll today. I, think I, I didn't see. That. I didn't see that. That's that's a huge jump. Yeah, they went from unranked to number twelve. Um, well, that's because they had to. Uh, they play Kentucky this the, the, this weekend, and yeah. obviously the college football needs to sit there and sell ratings with artificial numbers that don't yep. really mean much yet. So they have to sit there and say, Oh, look at this top 25 matchup between SEC schools. But speaking of SEC schools, uh, the most, I think the most impressive team of the weekend was Georgia. Um, yeah. Kind of c- coming off of a, there, there was some, 
wouldn't call it noise, but there were some people who were like, oh, you're probably going to take a step back. You lost a lot with your defense. You Stetson Bennett, Stetson Bennett. I've been one of those people where it's like, oh, he's kind of a limited ceiling guy. But, oh, boy, they looked amazing. I mean, you blinked twice. They were up, I think, 28 to whatever it was and never really looked back. So that that was that was a team that looked like they, they want to go back to be – that's a team where – if they go into the SEC title game at 12 and 0, they're going to be in the playoff and yeah, that's that's tough. Yeah, I mean this is why you listen to this podcast is I told you Georgia was going to be another threat this year that they were going to reload and be in that group of 3 uh, along with Alabama and Ohio State and they looked every bit the part of it. I do have a question for you. I have an answer to this for me personally. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's more uh, Oregon just isn't there yet as a top 10 team, say I think they were ranked 11th. Or do you think that is Georgia is in a group of their own? I think it's a combination of both. I think we've kind of known Georgia's kind of in that like Alabama, Ohio State tier where you have to play one of the best games of your career and they have to have an off day just for you to have a chance. And I also do think it's you lose Mario Cristobal. Um, I mean, you, I mean, you brought in Bo Nix to be your quarterback. That's yeah. It felt like I was in and out of a nap during most of that game, and it felt like every time I was out of the nap, it was Bonex throwing another interception. Yeah. Um, But I'll tell you what, as as good as that defense was last year, they are still scary, scary good. Yep. Yeah. So that yeah, that's a team again. That that's a team where I sit there and look and might might need Florida to do some damage and maybe get them a loss so that you have an 11 and 2 Georgia not going to the playoff as opposed to a 12 and 1 Georgia going to the playoff whether they right. be SEC champs or not just cuz i mean i think i think that's probably good for the playoff is get a little bit more uh get, get a little bit more expansion in the playoff you know without it actually expanding it like get <laughs> some teams that are not in the southeast get some new colors in there it's yeah, a lot of red i think i think i said that on a, on a prior podcast is you think about all the red that has been in the college football playoff. Oklahoma has been in there a couple of times. Obviously, Alabama and Georgia have been in there a lot. Ohio um, State. Ohio State. Yeah. Like Cincinnati last year, just a lot of red. I just want to see some different colors. Yeah. I mean, other than that, I mean, speaking of one of those kind of perennial uh, playoff teams, I mean, Clemson played last night. Um, I, I caught – that was kind of in, kind of like you said. It felt like I was in and out of a nap, but I was kind of watching the game and the quarterback Uyaga, Doctor Pepperman. Uh, he was uh, he looked meh. Um, looked better, still meh, but yeah, better. I mean, I I mean I did I did see and hear that the the, the guy they have behind him, uh, Kelly Klubnik or Cade Klubnik, I don't know what the exact what his first name is, but the the, the Klubnik recruit behind him. He looked pretty good, but at the same time, he's also kind of playing in garbage time. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Um, again, the defense played well. We, we knew that would happen. That it's defense one, is scary, too. Yeah, it's just one of those where you just got to see kind of where the road takes you with matchups. Um, am I right in thinking that Clemson has kind of a big game this weekend, too, or is the ACC kind of on an off week where they play an FCS school this week? I didn't think so. I didn't think they had a big game because I was looking at some of the bigger games for next week, and I – I didn't see that. Let's see what we got here. No, I, they, I, they played Furman. Okay, so yeah, this is one of the ACC's weeks where they don't do anything. Um, I mean, I'm looking at next week, and you've got Alabama, Texas, uh, two big names, but I don't think there's going to be a lot of actual football being played. I think it gets rolled. You do have your Kentucky, Florida, which, which we mentioned. Um, 
Baylor, BYU. I mean, not exactly, uh, not exactly a uh, just like a, not exactly a scintillating slate of uh, football games. No, uh, Pitt, t- Tennessee is also two ranked teams, but two wannabes in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, I think I think I was watching the Pitt West Virginia game uh, Thursday night, and I mean West Virginia just sold. Pitt should be zero and one. Yeah. Yeah, if I remember, yeah, it was a good game. If I remember correctly, you had a uh, number zero on West Virginia. I th- I think uh, I'm I'm convinced he took uh he, he probably took Pitt money line because <laughs> they threw him a pass and he he was within his own little like COVID social distancing bubble and like he like he didn't even necessarily like try and catch it. He like, just kind of like tipped it. He just like yeah, no, someone else take it and tips it into the hands of a DB. He walks in basically untouched into the end zone and. Then Pitt had, or then West Virginia had to come back and try and uh, catch something, but they couldn't get, they couldn't get down into a, a kind of like a threatening area. And I just, I, the only thing I remember this, there was some West Virginia, some terrible clock management. So I think I was looking at it um, with the last four minutes of the game while they had the ball, their pass selection, and they were up. Their pass selection was pass, 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 pass. QB run off a scramble from a pass, 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 pass. And, like, how are you doing that when you're winning a football game with less than five minutes to go? That's I don't I, I don't even know how to respond to that, that's, to be honest. That's some, like, that's some James Franklin clock management. That's some Jim Caldwell clock management. That's some probably some Adam Gase execution. Of Mike your McCarthy? Passes. It could be some Mike McCarthy, but I don't know. I mean, that's kind of that wasn't really wasn't really a lot of uh, fluttering heads in West Virginia at that point. But when it when yeah. it's there, so let's end college football with a team that you were worried about because we actually didn't mention two of the crazy ones. I think okay, um, but we'll be okay because I'm going to mention them here. Uh, give me a team that you're worried about and a team that really impressed you. Really impressed me. I'm going to go with Georgia again. Um, just. You, Again, Oregon might be a fraud, but you did have some questions about replacing the defense. You had some questions about um, Stats and Bennett, and they seemingly answered all of it. Team I'm worried about, I mean, can I say Utah? Um, yeah. And you lose your opening game of the season. You have aspirations to bring your quarterback back. No, you've got continuity with a head coach. I mean, there was a lot of people, again, me picking Iowa wasn't – or Iowa, Utah wasn't some, like, one-off. There was a lot of people who had Utah doing deep things, maybe making a playoff appearance this year, and you can't start that off with a loss to Florida. So I'm going to I'm gonna say Utah. I mean, I'm sure they're scheduled to get a little bit easier because the Pac-12 doesn't believe in football, and we'll see where – I mean, we'll see where, where they go. What about you? Yeah, so to say different team, I'm going to say – I'm going to say Michigan. I know they didn't play anybody, but I do think they're good. Um, And a team that I'm worried about that did win is North Carolina State, who had one of the funkier wins I've ever seen in my life for ECU. Um, Did you see how that one ended? Was that the one where – I mean, I think I saw saw it, but yeah, go ahead. ahead. So – they miss an extra point with a few minutes left to tie the game or either tie the game or take the lead. The ECU guy misses an extra point. And then to win the game, they're down by one. Uh, he has 
like a high 30s field goal. So like a, a, somewhat of a chip shot, not crazy short, but like a 38-yard field goal, and he just absolutely shanks this thing. In a matter of five minutes, this poor kicker buys ECU any hopes and dreams of ever being on a college football scoreboard again. Wow. Wait, so you're telling so I guess I didn't know that there was a field goal attempt afterwards. I just thought he missed the uh the extra point to tie it and they just kind of kneeled out the clock. I didn't really got the ball back after. No, they got the ball back down one, it missed about like a 38-39 yarder. Hey, I mean, that's that that's tough. Um yeah, good good. I mean, the next scoreboard they make is gonna be when they play Alabama and they're down 70 to nothing. Yeah. <clears throat> but I don't know. Um I guess given the kind of nature, I mean, we've got some. We got NFL on Thursday. Uh, what, what's what's the, is that Bills Rams? They Bills open Rams. With, that'll be a, that'll be a fun game. It'll be a great way yeah. to kind of open the season. Two of the better teams, but I don't know. I'm kind of I'd kind of rather talk about the Lions game real quick. Get a couple minutes and then yeah. we're wrap. But I just I mean we got the Lions Eagles as we all know. Last year the Eagles came in and they just kind of like adopted us. Um, it was forty four to six. Probably the worst game of the season. Um, yeah, um, I would say both teams have kind of improved since then, and it is the NFL, so I'm not going to sit here and say like, "Oh, we're going to lose it again by much." But I think, I think it'll be a tough game. I saw today that uh, starting right guard Vitai or Hal Vitai is on injured reserve. He's going to miss the first four games, so we're going to be playing uh, offensive line roulette before the season starts, kind of like we did last year with Taylor Decker coming back from that mysterious hand injury and then Ragnow dying in like week three. So, so much for that kind of top five offensive line that we thought we had. Yeah. So it goes as Lions fans say uh, spreads minus four. Uh, I'm going to take the Eagles with the spread. I think they win by nine. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, the brain in me has to sit there and say, yeah, I'd probably take Eagles and points as well, because I think, I think the strides they took this year were incredible. It's like, it was, it, I think this might be one of the, like just talent, just pure talent rise on the roster. You bring in Nicobe Dean, uh, Jordan Davis, AJ Brown, they traded or not traded. They picked up, uh, I think it was Trey Sermon on waivers. So they'll have a little bit more backfield depth considering Miles Sanders is consistently hurt. You have um, – they traded for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson from the Saints, um, so they picked up a starter there. They're just kind of fully going all in for Jalen Hurts, and I'm going to say the same thing I said last week. I don't believe in Jalen Hurts as a football player, so while they are super talented, I think this might be a dud of the season for them, but I do think that we'll probably beat the Lions. However, if I'm going to think with my heart, there's – every chance that we are playing meaningful football going into the fourth quarter and all of us in this st- beautiful state are going to be sitting there watching with hope. Yeah. And it's a classic Lions thing to give us hope. Yeah. And I mean, again, I just, I have to do it. I again, losing Vitae sucks. You still have a good offensive line. You've got some weapons now. It's not like last year where you're trotting, uh, I mean, I'd, I'd want to use Tom Kennedy, but Tom Kennedy was the star of the preseason in the NFL, so he's not really a laughing matter anymore. You're you're running around with Quintez Cephas as your wide receiver one last year. Like that's just it's not that's not the same case anymore. You've got got year two of Amon Ra Charks there on the outside, so the offense will be fun. We'll see what happens with the defense. Um, you know, I mean, 
again, I, I don't see a reason why we can't beat them. Yeah. Optimism is key in Detroit this season. Um, we'll obviously break down a little more of the NFL, you know, once that, you know, once week one happens, to be honest, uh, we'll do another recap about week two, uh, the NFL or sorry, college football next week as well. So you know what to expect in next show. That's going to be the agenda folks. Uh, it's football season. Now we're in the thick of it officially in the thick of it. Um, that's a tongue twister, but that's going to be the agenda. If you, obviously, as things come up, we'll mention them. Uh, if you want to hear anything else, let us know. Vladdy, you want to close us out today? Yeah, a little bit of a shorter episode. We, I mean, I think when we started, we were kind of hugging the 30, 40-minute mark. And then as the summer kind of dragged on and we just started kind of rambling about random stuff, I think we kind of started pushing the episodes to an hour. Maybe kind of maybe now that we kind of have a more defined idea of what we want to talk about and there isn't just trying to fill time, maybe we kind of keep we bring it back down into the kind of normal range. So we're not having people sit there for an hour and 10 minutes like last week. But to those of you who make it that far into those episodes and make it'll make it this far into this episode to hear that. Thank you very much. Uh, have a good weekend. I guess. Yeah. Have a good weekend. Have a good week. Um, go Lions. I mean, I can't really say anything. Rolling down the field, down the field they go to a Lions victory. Go and, Lions. And we're going to cut it there. Have a good one, everybody. All right.